Shalom and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Show. I am Isaiah, the Evangelical Jewish Christian Radio Prophet, and as always, a patriot can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth them. We're over 100 days of the Obama 3.0 America Last Administration. Continued assault on the First and Second Amendments. They're talking about ghost guns still. And also, as I've said, the implementation of the Great Reset. If you're an American, you need to be worried. As I continue to say, this is not about whether you're a Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, independent, party of the green, whatever. It's about stopping the Great Reset, which wants to strip your freedoms. Listen up, Democrats. Listen up, people that are wearing masks. I'm talking to you because you don't seem to care about your right to vote. You don't seem to want to be able to move freely without having some type of covering on you. It also affects your careers in your education. As you'll see throughout my show tonight, this administration's actions continue to destroy our standing in the world and with God. But as I've always said, too, this is part of his plan. This is part of this administration's plan, not God's plan. God wants to bless us. The show tonight is dedicated to the great nation of Israel. They are, and they always will be, for, have been for years, and they always will be for all years to come, the apple of God's eye. If you go against them, just ask like the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Philistines. I could go on. All of these nations and or citizens that went against them throughout the years. You can't ask them actually because they don't exist anymore. Because they went against God's favorite children. And they lost. I lift Israel up to the Lord tonight because of what is going on over there. And we're going to talk about that actually too. We also, as I want to always start my show off, we need to simply repent as a nation as well and pray for God's favor more than ever. Lord, we know Israel's your favorite child, even more than America. And we know what you do to the ones that go against them. And we know that you don't want to do that. Not your will. Not something I wish for. Before we get into today's show, as I'm going to present my COVID update again. So let's go to our president. Let's try to figure out if anybody can understand what he's about to say in this little one-minute clip. Please let me know. We've had too much conflict, too much bitterness, too much anger, too much politicization of this issue about wearing masks. Let's put it to rest. Let's remember, we're all Americans. Let's remember that we are all in this together. If you're fully vaccinated and can take your mask off, you've earned the right to do something that Americans are known for all around the world. Greeting others with a smile. <laughs> with a smile. So let's put it all to rest. We will in a couple seconds, Joe. Masks don't work. The vaccine is in, ineffective. I might not have said this before, but Trump got pressured into having to, Trump did a great job with warp speed. I will never take that away from him. But Trump got politically pressured into having to force through a vaccine in a situation where one is not needed. And I forgive him for that. He, he was in a no-win situation. 
whatsoever. But here's why masks don't work. Here is why the vaccine's ineffective. So if you follow me on Twitter, and I know Parler's still down, I am have been boycotting Major League Baseball for some time, but I actually now for the first time in my life am questioning whether or not I'm going to die a New York Yankee fan because they have now instituted segregation and discrimination inside their stadium where they have a vaccinated section and a non-vaccinated section. So if you're non-vaccinated, you can't possibly sit where you want to sit. That's segregation and discrimination, and they had a COVID outbreak this week because of it. It's only the start. God's they're God's favorite sports team. God's not going to bless them until they fix these things. But I'm up as a photo of Glaber Torres. I did not get this. I think it's off of Zero Hedge. So Glaber has already had COVID once. Glaber got vaccinated. Glaber just tested positive for COVID again. I've seen photos of him in the past wearing a mask also. So I want America, I want you to really think about this. Caught it, supposed to be immune, vaccinated, got it again. And I'm not sure. Apparently, somebody told me that most of the, the Yankee staff and so forth that have it, it's asymptomatic. But I want you to sit and think about this for a second. Doesn't that sound like the yearly flu? You get a flu shot and you catch the flu. It might not be as bad as it was if you didn't get it. And yes, by the way, Isaiah has never had a flu shot in his life. Guess what? Isaiah doesn't get the flu. But I'm telling you, this looks like the pattern of the flu. Not something I need a vaccine for. Yeah, viruses definitely change a lot. That's what I know. So I thank you. Thank you. That is my producer for the week. Going to leave him anonymous. But he gets it. There's a video out, and I don't ha- didn't have time to load it up, Moderna's CEO from about 2017, where he flat says the RNA technology will adjust your DNA. And maybe if we have time later, we'll play that. I got a little bit more on COVID coming up in my in quick takes. And as always, we have a great show today. Going to get to our opening prayer. Anti-fragile and fragile person of the week. My quick takes. Hamas, Gaza Strip, Israel, what the mainstream media and the Biden administration won't tell you. And there's going to be a bit of a history lesson in here too as well. Going to talk some about the Arizona Maricopa County audit that's still, election audit that's still ongoing. And we're going to briefly go through Biden's first 100 days as well. The first, my opening prayer. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. This to me is really the, the commanded blessing to Abraham and the future great nation of Israel. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. There's two big pieces here. But I want you to realize that God just told Abraham to leave everything that he had. Family, everything. Verse 2, and I will make of thee a great nation, a new great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. He'll be a blessing to others. And see, verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. 
Before I get to these two pieces, there's a couple other parts about Israel. Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. Psalm 129, verse 5, let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. But what is the Lord saying in Genesis chapter 12? One, and I just touched on it, listen to the Lord. Act on his requests of that nature. He is ripping Abraham out of his comfort zone. But if you do so, he's going to bless you. And he says, you are going to start a great country. That country was Israel. That nation was Israel. And he also basically says, Israel's anti-fragile. They will always be strong, even in a time like this, when the pressure on them is immense. They are going to get stronger. And anybody that goes against them is going to become fragile. Now, I have to regress for a second. None of this, anything that I say, means that I believe Israel has a right to protect themselves. Hamas is a terrorist organization. I don't like to see people die on either side. I'd like to say that none of this needs to happen. But the way things are set up, it is happening. I want to say, Jesus, he loves all. He loves everybody. You've heard me say that, and I will never stop saying that. But if you listen later on when I get into this section, you might get an idea of why this is allowed to happen. And it's sad. I will tell you it's sad. The things that the mainstream media and even our administration and even Arab countries won't talk about, don't want to talk about. But speaking of anti-fragile, let's pull up a clip. The anti-fragile person of the week, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's having to deal with AOC. She's now having to deal with Pelosi because of it. Her aide gets verbally abused and threatened by Eric Swalwell. I will tell you what, this is Marjorie Taylor Greene working out. For those of you, she's deadlifting or squatting. I don't know. It looks somewhere north of 100 pounds and just dropping it on the ground, lifting it up overhead, dropping it on the ground, then doing push-ups, jumping over the barbell. I think she goes and then picks it up and does it, throws it around again. You got to be careful, Swalwell, because we ever have like a celebrity or political boxing match. I would love to see you in the in the ring with Taylor with with M, with MTG. Trust me, she will be the odds-on favorite. She'll be the odds-on favorite for it not to even last a minute. Your aide was out of bounds with what he did, with what he said, completely out of bounds. But this is somebody that has been under attack since she has come into Congress, loves our country. She's anti-fragile. The fragile person of the week, Anthony Blinken, our Secretary of State. This guy goes and censors a Chinese individual, probably Communist Party member for doing something to the Falun Gong group, which is a spiritual group in China that's not in favor but he does nothing about China and the persecution that they consistently and constantly put upon Christians there. 
Let me do that. He takes this spiritual group person, the Falun Gong group, and censors China for that, but he doesn't do it for what they're doing to the Christians. Why do you think that is? It's because the Biden administration, as I've said, doesn't care about Christianity. They don't care about Judaism either, and you're going to hear that from me later on in the show. They definitely don't care about Christianity. And Blinken's words are in the censor. There's nothing they can do behind that. I'm going to stay in. So I move into my quick takes. This is like cabinet. It's like cabinet day to day too here. Department of Health and Human Services, Secretary Becerra, who, if you remember, used to be, I think, both a senator here in California and the attorney general. So he was, he was, I don't know if it was Senate or House testimony, but he was being questioned about a law about that banned partial birth abortions. And he denied that that law exists. That it was, it, that law exists. It went to SCOTUS, they upheld it, and he is denying that it exists. He's trying to get into this discussion with the individual that was questioning about legal terminology versus medical terminology. The fact of the matter is, Becerra, it is a law. Partial birth abortions are illegal, as they should be. Through the great work of Great Gateway Pundit, Turns out there is a virus research center in the University of Texas Galveston branch. And it is heavily funded by the NIH, possibly also funded by the Department of Defense. It's called the Biodefense and Emerging Infectious Disease Lab. There are at least, from what they've been able to find out, four Chinese-trained individuals at that university that either work in the lab or research centers or are professors and they've been able to tie a couple of them back to having worked for Chinese Communist Party military members. Oh, by the way, and one of them also, who's maybe now works at Wuhan or worked at Wuhan, has received five plus million dollars from the NIH. And she just didn't think about that for a second. I never knew this lab existed. But once again, the NIH, Dr. Fauci's fiefdom, is getting busted again. The person that a lot of Americans, a lot of Democrats still believe the man does not have your best interest at heart, America. When I'm 80 years old, I'm going to be retired. I'm not going to be working still. I'm not going to be, even if I'm the top of the food chain where I'm at, I will long since been retired. We're not done with with uh with dr fauci yet actually i don't think so next quick take anybody heard anything about governor como lately and all of his extracurricular activities with women remember on my prior shows i said you probably will even though the senate in new york or the the congress there was going to do an investigation and possibly impeach him i said it'll probably go away there's a good chance that como's got way too much dirt on this covid hoax for them to do anything and there's total silence sort of like just jerome powell our our fed chair and secretary yellen our treasury secretary on the inflation on the cpi numbers false ones that came out this week and the producer price index numbers that came out this week that literally skyrocketed 
crickets from them as well. State of California, we pull up a uh, photo of, did we have that photo of Betty Yee, our state controller? So this individual here runs one of the largest budgets in the world. And there's a group called Open the Books. It's a nonprofit, I think, out of Illinois that try to keep things straight. They have been since 2013 requesting data from the state of California to be able to track how much they're paying out to certain vendors. They finally got another letter back from the state of California attorney saying, hey, by the way, we don't track that. We don't track by vendor. We don't track by contract. We only track by batch process payments, which means we could only give you the payments we cut on April 2nd of 2014. All right, we are talking billions and billions of dollars here. They can't tell you how much money they gave to the Acme Janitorial Service over the last five years. I'm trying to keep things simple, but I'm going to wrap this one up really quickly. If Betty Yee was the chief financial officer or the highest ranking financial officer of a publicly traded corporation and she kept her books like this, she had long, that individual would have long since been put in jail, cell next to Bernie Madoff. But yet, that's how our state keeps their books. And apparently nobody's been nobody's ever held them to it. This is another reason why Gavin Newsom's got to go. Because when Gavin Newsom goes, we get a new controller eventually too, even though that is an elected position. I say that because if you've noticed, Gavin Newsom is on a vote-buying spending spree right now. He is waiving money for traffic fees and tickets for low-income individuals dating back to like 2015. He is trying to f- give $6 billion to help fund rent, past due rent and utility bills and things like that. Once again, low-income individuals. And, and I believe that he's throwing billions and billions of dollars at the homeless issue again. And wow, he's got no accountability because the controller's not going to track where the dollars go. You think about that for a second. He could just give the money away. And if you remember in my past shows, one of his new finance advisors was the mayor of Stockton who was fiscally irresponsible also. So Newsom has a now federally supplied surplus, your federal tax dollars. He's going to go spend it all and not track it and have no accountability. And you wonder why nothing ever gets done right in this state. Hashtag recall Gavin Newsom. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas was in a Senate hearing this week talking about the border crisis, the Biden-created border crisis. What do you think he said? Wild guess. Biden's done a good job. His handling of it has been fine. I actually had to sit back and think about this one for a second because in a way, he's right. Because Biden's got the exact results. The administration's got the exact results they wanted, right? They wanted to wipe the border out for a while to let all these all these young cartel members in, allow the human trafficking to hit an all-time high probably too. He got the, so really in a way, Mayorkas isn't, was telling the truth because he knows the real plan. But they also have to now complete a piece of the wall. Point, 
Donald Trump. And as I pat my pat on the head, my Donald Trump bobblehead sitting here on my on this table. We're going to end the quick takes. Like I said, we're coming back to Dr. Fauci along with Mark Zuckerberg. So Zuckerberg's thrown an idea around through Facebook who owns Instagram for a while about creating an Instagram. I guess if you have to be 13 or older to use it. So now he wants to create an Instagram for kids 13 and under. And I will tell you, he's going to come under fire for that. He already is. It will allow the pedophiles, since they love Facebook and they're having problems now on Facebook, he's having to crack down on them. It'll allow them another platform to go after their the, the kids they want to go after. Yeah, and I don't want no, I don't want nothing to do with that. No, thirteen year olds and under. Right. There's some shady stuff that goes on on the internet. There is. See, my I, I have a, uh, I have a producer tonight who is really good, really knowledgeable about these things. So the other part about Dr. Fauci, he wants with children, even though they're not allowed to be vaccinated under 12, they shouldn't be allowed. There should actually be a law that says they can't get it, get vaccinated. He still wants them to wear masks. So while they're running around, Zuckerberg's got them on Instagram. They're going to have their mask on. Sorry. Wait, so you can go on Instagram but you can't go outside and wear a mask. No, uh-uh, you can't. Without a mask, sorry. Without, no, he wants a 12-year-old. And I still go around a lot of California, and I see a lot of kids in masks. Parents, take them off, please. They're doing your child more harm, way more harm than good. Because it also came out, you know, the CDC said this week you didn't have to take wear masks now if you're vaccinated, but immediately they backtracked that a lot because that is not the Biden agenda. They, they went off they went that? off they went off course and said you'd still gotta have them on airplanes and restaurants and all these places still. Uh, yeah, they yeah. they backtracked right away because they 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 veered off the socialist playbook. They veered off the socialist playbook. Heaven forbid that an individual after a year of of willingly sadly giving up their freedoms is able to get them back because they sold another piece of themselves by having to get the vaccination. People just take the masks off. I went to a, a prayer rally last night for Israel here in town hosted by a few of the rabbis. I, I stood in the back for a couple reasons. And one of them was, is that everybody Pretty much 90 plus percent of the people were wearing masks. They're Jewish, which means they probably voted for Biden. I just wanted to sit in the back. There was no law enforcement around. These events can be targeted. I sat in the back just to sort of watch over things because that's simply the type of person Isaiah is. And my friends would know that. We're going to quickly touch upon Arizona, Maricopa County, the audit is still going on. The Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, and the Arizona State GOP head, I think, um, can't remember her name. They are now sparring even more than ever. A Arizona GOP rep is calling the Secretary of State a liar. Katie Hobbs is, basically. She's still trying to do everything possible to block this exam. So we're actually going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to finish the discussion of Arizona. 
We're going to talk about Biden's first 100 days, and we're going to talk about Hamas in Israel. This is Isaiah. This is the Anti-Fragile Show, 98.1 FM, KHTS, 1220 AM, Los Angeles. Welcome back to the Anti-Fragile Show. This is Isaiah. The break we were, my producer and I were talking about Mark Zuckerberg. So, and he said that a lot of his friends, they were talking about him the other day in a Zoom class. So here's my challenge, producer. All your friends should stop using all of his products. Oh man. Delete your Facebook account, delete your Instagram account, delete whatever else they own and stop using them. You will be a trailblazer. Oh, I mean, like Facebook is already a little bit in the past. Well, look, I suffer from it too. When I got yanked off, I lost thousands of viewers. No Facebook Live. It is what it is. I haven't set up a dummy page yet. Never had a Facebook page. I was that guy 10 years ago that said, hey, you've joined this stuff. You just gave away your family's privacy. Moving back to Arizona. Privacy. The audit team apparently has requested a meeting with Maricopa County because they have already found some serious irregularities, I think is the phrase they used. Privacy, they still have not received the routers. They are still balking, the county's still balking, saying that there's too much other data on them. And as I said last week or the week before last, why the heck is are these routers being used in other agencies? They also... And I forgot to give this to you, producer. I need you to find a Dominion issued a letter to the county because they still will not turn over the passwords. And we can pull this up. It's resounding. This letter is resounding. You go to Gateway Pundit, you'll find a copy of the letter. But let me talk you through it. Dominion sent a letter to the audit group saying, we are not going to give you the passwords because you are not a certified election audit firm. And so we don't have to cooperate with you. So you sit and you think about that for a second. And I didn't say it at the beginning of the show, but I'm going to give a quick shout out to Mike Lindell, my pillow guy and Sidney Powell. Wow, what a silver bullet this letter just gave you in in your lawsuits that you're defending yourself or Dominion suing you. Because Dominion basically just said here they controlled the Arizona odd they controlled the Arizona election. Somebody had testified before during all the election stuff that was going on. There was an individual that test gave testimony and signed, I believe, a affidavit saying, hey. Dominion controlled this election. Well, now Dominion just put it on paper. So now, my take, they can't go after Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell anymore for anything. There's no defamation here. If you just put out a document that basically said, yeah, we're the only ones that have that password and we're not giving it up. This is huge, people. This is really, really big. And there's the letter coming across the screen if you're for the radio listeners. Arizona gave up control of their election. At the risk of being banned this week off YouTube and everywhere else, Joe Biden did not win Arizona. I'm sorry. 
I'll just say that right now. Donald Trump won Arizona. I don't have any ends with the audit committee. I'm just prophesizing right now. But we're going to talk about Biden's first 100 or so days. Just going to give a recap. We started off with about 40 plus executive orders. Some of which still he still probably doesn't know what he signed. He immediately started proposing massive COVID packages designed to help America, but really it's just stimu- it's really a stimulus that is a wolf in sheep's clothing. It really is what he wants to be the start of universal payments, universal income, whatever you want to call it, keeping people at home and choking small businesses off. You heard me say this last week. They don't want to bring people back to work. They will from small businesses and restaurants and things like that. We live in California. California is now maybe 50% open. Some of it now think about that people you drive around fly travel around the country in the red States, but Biden doesn't want that. No acknowledgement of operation warp speed. And he is continually giving inconsistent and tyrannical guidance on COVID. Instead of just saying, look, let's act out of faith. Let's have a prayer day every day for this to go away. He wants to scare you still. And try and tell you earlier on the video, I earlier, like you've earned your right. No, I am an American. I have a right to walk around, Joe, as I see fit. As I said to you on Twitter the other day. The CDC is not a lawmaking authority. They cannot tell me what to do either. Thank God for that judge in D.C. that slapped their hand on trying to get involved in the mortgage business. Joe created the border crisis. Inflation. Inflation's at warp speed. You looked at the CPI number that came out this week. The year-over-year print was 4.2%. But if you watch Isaiah, you listen to me, that number still does not include energy, cost, gasoline, oil, and food. My wife and I, we eat out once or twice a week. You know, we've cut back actually a little bit. Our just for the two of us. Forget about Chuck Norris the pug. He's he's a goldfish. He's, he, but our bill, our food bills at the grocery stores, well over one hundred and fifty bucks a week. Easy. Just the two of us. Chuck Norris the pug, it's stratospheric. <laughs> what else did he do in his 100 days? He brought in the most anti-Judeo-Christian f- pro-family cabinet that I have ever seen in my lifetime. Becerra, Mayorkas, the, under, the deputy to Becerra, Dr. Richard Levine. Gas prices in the pipeline hijack. Gas prices go up. I predicted that before the election was over, that would happen if he won. But I'm going to say something about the hijack, about this pipeline that got, that got held for ransom. Do you not think that it is a surprise that one of the states that got affected the most was Florida people? And what did Joe Biden do, try to do a couple months ago with Florida? When after the governor started opening the state back up, he tried to do what? He tried to restrict 
travel. Remember, he wanted to stop airlines from flying, basically flying in and out of Florida. So I want you to think about it. Two events that seem to be completely unrelated. Can't stop the flying piece, but maybe he can keep you in your at home for a while and try to cut off the gas supply to the whole state, the gasoline supply to the whole state. It would not put it past me. You see all these hacks that are happening. There was another one, a transportation trucking company just got hacked into the other day. So you wouldn't be able to move goods around. Lastly, what's happened in the last hundred days? Israel. This would never have happened under Trump. It would have already been long over under Trump. The last time something like this happened, it was 2012, I think, in 2014. Obama, where there was a fighting this bad. So we're going to segue into that. I'm going to make a few points tonight that have been in place since for a lot long time. One's about acceptance and one is about division. And so if I get off track, producer, your job to bring me back. So we're going to go back in time for a bit. The area that is now Israel actually used to be part of the British Empire before Israel was created. Ottomans had it at one point and so forth. When there became the push, and God bless you, Harry Truman, the Truman effect, I call it. He was a Democrat. He's a big supporter of creating the nation of Israel. I think that's a big reason why a lot of Jewish people here vote Democrat. The UN was also heavily in this, the creation of this nation of Israel. And so when they, the Palestinian, and it was called, I believe, the Palestinian Mandate, and we have a map up. And for my radio viewers, the nation of Israel is color-coded. There's orange and there's yellow. And the yellow represents the original areas that were supposed to be the Arab states, so to speak. And the orange represents the original areas that were supposed to be the Jewish states. Now, Jerusalem's white, the area in, immediately around it, but all around Jerusalem, it's yellow. It's an Arab area. I want you to remember that includes part of the West Bank. The yellow area also includes the Gaza Strip. And it also includes most of the Golan Heights up in the Lebanon border. For those of you watching, the Gaza Strip's down by the coastal area, southern coastal area, and the Egyptian border as, as well. They had land. The Arabs had territory. But why is Jerusalem white? Because the UN wanted to maintain control of the religious areas of Jerusalem. I want you to remember that. The UN wanted to maintain control. Don't believe Isaiah tonight on this. Go research it. There are a couple great books. One of them is about as thick as a Chinese phone book, if I'm allowed to say that, about the history of Israel. I read it years ago. It took me a while to read, almost a year, to get through it. doesn't make me an expert. But the UN wanted to maintain control of Jerusalem and the religious areas. They thought it would help keep peace. So what happened after Israel was created as a state, as a nation? 
the war of 1948 almost immediately happened. And what happened in the war in 1948? Five Arab nations. At that time, Jordan was called Transjordan. Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, and oh, by the way, Iraq all decided to attack Israel, the state, the area, the country, the whole area country. The Palestinians helped. The Palestinian Arabs that lived in they're in the country, what's now the country of Israel, helped. But what happened? Israel really didn't have a formal military back then. It's a bunch of pieces. They won. Apple of God's eye. Egypt somewhat took over a little bit control of the Gaza Strip. In Lebanon, if I remember correctly, actually took over a little bit of control of the Golan Heights. But what else happened in here? Israel gained a lot of, of that yellow area, the Arab state. They got attacked. They won. They got a lot of what, if you're watching me and you're listening, the yellow area surrounding Jerusalem. The land that the mandate provided to the Arabs and tried to, wanted to provide to the Arabs. But it doesn't end there. The Six-Day War came in 1967. I believe it started on June 5th. If you've been on my website, I don't update it, my bad. You'll know that I was born on June 7th in 1967. The day that you that Israel got back their rightful land of Jerusalem, the holy town, the old city, all of it. They also got back Bethlehem, which was in the Arab areas as well, too. I say that because they got attacked on all sides again in the Six-Day War. And then is when they got the Gaza Strip and the Golan Heights from Lebanon in Egypt. And I'm going to focus a little bit on the Gaza Strip because that is where a lot of the Palestinian Arabs are. But I'm going to regress now for a cup for a minute. I'm going to go back into the start of, to the start of the country on because when they created that nation it was shortly after World War II it ended in Nazi Germany a lot of European Jews, Russian Jews did not have anywhere to go. They moved them to into the, the into this land. They became some of the first citizens of the country of Israel, the nation of Israel. And Americans too. Some American Jews came over as well. I say that because they physically, these people moved. And this is why I'm regressing. And I'm going to tie it out in a little bit. But I want to make that point. And notice I didn't mention the Palestinian Arabs yet still. Because I'm going to break one of the things, the myths that you don't even might not even know about. What else happened in the Six-Day War? The UN's United Nations hold was weakened considerably. The UN's never gotten over that. The UN does not like Israel. 
They couldn't stop him. And they've never forgotten it. If you, the UN is not an Israel-friendly group, organization. So here I am going back. I'm talking about acceptance and division. And I just talked on the acceptance piece with the physical move. And the UN's hold weakening considerably. You see, there was one other, one other part of that going back when the mandate was being negotiated. Palestine, the Gaza Strip, is not the only area that Palestinian Arabs live in, people. And a lot of America probably thinks that. They knew there might be issues. And so they moved Palestinian Arabs to other Arab countries. Jordan, Syria, Lebanon. There are millions of Palestinian Arabs living in those countries. But you won't ever see the mainstream media tell you that. You won't ever see this administration say that either. What's happened, what happened then, and what still exists today? For the most part, those Palestinian Arabs living in those other Arab countries are not treated as full citizens. And that's sad. They should be. They should be. The Arab countries should have welcomed them a little bit better way back in time, back 50, 60, 70 years ago. There have been struggles all throughout in those countries that I'm talking about. Lebanon, I think, even stripped Palestinian Arabs living there once of home ownership, things like that. But you're never going to see that in the mainstream media. Acceptance. The Arab nations, the other Arab nations don't sadly want to accept Palestinian Arabs. Division. The Arab nations don't want to do anything about it either because they, especially now with the way Hamas acts and the fact that the PLO, Mahmoud Abbas, the head of the PLO, just canceled the elections, tried to blame it on Israel, there's more division amongst the Palestinians. The Arabs, the other Arab nations sit back because they think, okay, great, this will get so volatile one day that it'll make it easier for us to go in and wipe out Israel. But they also don't want these Palestinian Arabs to come in because they don't want the terrorism potentially to come onto their own land if these people get unhappy where they are, if they move to Saudi Arabia or wherever else. There are over around 4 million plus maybe Palestinian Arabs living in other Arab countries. The protests, what's going, the protests that were started in Temple Mount and so forth were started because the PLO canceled elections again. And Hamas took advantage of this to try and now start another war that they are not going to win. Our president came out and spoke and said, hey, I support Israel. No, you don't, Biden, because your very next sentence was stop firing missiles into heavily populated areas. I'm sorry, Joe, but I understood what you were saying there. Biden, Obama, Clinton, Democrat, Jews that vote Democrat, please listen to me. They are not your friend. They are not Israel's friend. As I said on Twitter, I don't expect this administration to do anything about this situation. And if they do, it's going to favor the Palestinians. Or it's going to be accepting something from the UN that will not go over well at all. 
Arab nations, accept your Palestinians, accept your, your brotherhood. And stop allowing this division to happen. And let Israel live in peace because they are always going to defend themselves. And man, are they good at it. They're good at it. But as I just said, and I'll just end this section, there are a lot of people in this world that would love to see Israel disappear and its citizens and the Jewish people still. Apparently there are some people that, you know, if the, the Palestinians, I feel for them. They're, in a, they're a pawn in a brutal game. And I love them. I, lo I will say that because I love everybody. But our leaders... Don't allow that acceptance and division to continue. Biden, speak out in favor of Israel. Take actions that support Israel. Make the Arab, take an action that gets the Arab country to respect their own brotherhood too as well, their own citizens as well, their own people. I'm going to end tonight. I'm going to go back to the opening prayer and remind us that Israel is a great nation and it is incredibly blessed and you can't go against it. It is not going to work for anybody. And that includes somebody that just doesn't support them. You're not going to be blessed at all. Lord, I lift this country up to you also. I lift our nation's leaders up to you, Lord, that we repent for our sins, Lord. We rebuke the devil. We get him out of our life. We get him out of this country, Lord. Bless this administration, bless the state of California, that we will do your will, Lord. Please do not hide your face from us, Lord. Please shine your light brightly upon us. And bless the great nation of Israel. This is Isaiah. This is the Anti-Fragile Show, 98.1 FM, 1220 AM, KHTS, Los Angeles. Please follow me on Twitter, I guess, right now. Parlor's mobile app is still down. I'm not really a big fan of Gab. I haven't been doing anything on Cloudhood Hub. So please follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Parlor through the internet. God bless you all. God bless America. <laughs>